hostile. But Are you in a relationship now with a man? Yes. Are you married good. to him? Not yet. But it's a very solid relationship. And you so. lay that at the doorstep of Scientology? Definitely. We'll be back after this one-minute pause. This is your program, and I want you to feel that you've made the statement on behalf of your group, Hare Krishna. What do you want to say? Oh, I have a lot to say. Uh, the first thing I would like to say about the Krishna consciousness movement is that uh, we're not a cult. Uh, it, it's not a made-up religion. It's, it's not a new religion. It's very, very old. It's 5,000 years old. And the purpose what we're doing, I mean, when you see a person dressed like this, you think it's just something weird, but I it, do, actually, yeah. it, well, it actually has a purpose, because we're trying to uh, uh, create a state of spiritual consciousness, and since we have material bodies, although we're not these bodies, we're spirit soul, the bodies are useful for that purpose. So the, let me explain just a little bit, just a moment about the philosophy of the Krishna consciousness, and you'll see actually that our philosophy is not so much different from uh, uh, Christianity or Judaism or anything that you're familiar with. The idea is that you and I, uh, although we're different in, in so many ways, we're both of us tiny spiritual sparks of God. And as such, we're eternal and full of knowledge and full of bliss. But because we've become alienated from God uh, and come to this material world, we've forgotten our original nature. And the business of a human being is to renovate his original state of consciousness, which we call Krishna consciousness, that consciousness that I am the servant of God. And so our process, I'll call it brainwashing. I'll call, because by brainwashing, I mean to clean the dirty things out of the mind. That the original pure consciousness of the, the living entity is now covered by layers of dirt and dust and debris, like lust and greed and anger. So our process is the process of cleansing the dirty things out of the heart or out of the mind. And that's a good thing. If there's some dirty place and somebody comes and cleans it, that's what it's for. That's a, it's a, it's a laudable thing. It should be praised. And, and so we've seen uh, that people who take to the process of Krishna consciousness are able to live on a level of purity and give up so many sinful activities. You don't smoke. You don't drink. You don't have sex outside of marriage. Just like good Baptists. And within marriage, you have sex only for procreation. Of children, yes. Never for pleasure. The pleasure may be there when there's procreation, but not just, it's not a recreational matter. Right. You don't drink uh, tea or coffee. No. You don't eat uh, eggs or meat. Mm -hmm. What do you do? That's what people always think of. They think there's nothing left in this world but sinful activities. No. There's plenty to do. What we do is we, we spend our time uh, in productive way of life, you're going to say what we do for fun, I suppose. I mean, we, 
you know, this eating goes on. We eat, we eat very nice. You think that because we don't eat meat, we don't don't eat nice feasts? When we were on this show in 1971, oh, we you gave, gave you a, me some of that food. And you I said, no, you said, you said, you don't remember. You said, my God, that food is good. <laughs> I remember it. Well, it was off the air. <laughs> you said it. It was some nuts and dates mixed together with some something odd. It looked, it was hard to eat. But you liked it. I was surprised that I survived. <laughs> no, you said it was good. It wasn't too bad, so, really. Okay, there, I think that's a good enough now, admission. It's another instance of culture shock. The food. No, well, I guess what I want to ask you is this. Uh, now, what do you really want to know? I mean, well, I want to know, are you revolting against uh, some parental experience, against oh, no. uh, something that happened in your relationship with your parents? No, I, no my parents and I have a very good relationship, and I think... Uh, I'm doing this in some way to fulfill what my parents wanted of me. Of course, they may not understand entirely. Your dad's in the army. A retired army officer, right. A career man. Career man. Is this what he wanted for you? Uh, yes, it is what he wanted for me, although he may not exactly be able to accept the form. Uh, when, when I joined the Krishna Consciousness Movement, and my wife with me, and my two children, we all joined together, they were shocked. And I think it took about two years for them to recover. And uh, now we have a wonderful relationship. And uh, although they're not Krishna devotees, uh, they are very, very supportive. Uh, I think what really did it is that they saw how wonderfully my children are turning out. That was the thing they were most worried about, of course, their grandchildren. When they see they're turning out to be really nice people and, and very well-behaved and well-brought up, I think that was the, that was the thing. And why, why this scarb? Why the shaved heads? This is traditional. Why, why do Catholic priests wear collars? Or why, why do people of the, the Jewish persuasion wear yarmulkes? It's to identify that they are deeply religious, that they want to dedicate their life to God. This is a way of adorning the body as a temple of God, to indicate to some passerby that if he has a question about Krishna, that he can come and ask me, just as a badge would indicate that a policeman is someone you could go to for help and legal affairs or when I, when I run down the street, the little children, and sometimes they'll run after me and they'll be yelling, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And just by my walking down the street, I've got them to chant God's names. That's very effective. Scientologists, uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, I, I think an extension of what they were saying, there are all these, these positive things that groups like Scientology, like Krishna, and many others are doing for their members. Um, we have a situation with Diane, who was almost an alcoholic, if not an alcoholic. Um, students who are failing in college, who become involved in Scientology, who return to college, who start doing very well, applying the study technology that, that Hubbard has developed. Um, people like myself who, who couldn't even communicate um, years ago, uh, 16 years ago when I first came in. I can't I couldn't believe even... you never communicated <laughs> well. Oh, that's very true. You're I a could, slick talker. I could <laughs> not <laughs> even look at a person, never mind talk to them. And within two weeks, applying the various communication technologies, <clears throat> I was able to realize that what communication was all about and its purpose and so on and so forth. And it completely changed my life. That, that's uh, one of the first things you learn, I think. One of the primary courses is a communications course where you do learn how to, to say what you think and communicate with the person directly. And I think that's so great. Like, when you come into the center, that's the first thing you do is this communications course. And it's like immediately you get benefit from it. Immediately you can take it out and use it in whatever 
career walk of life you're in. I know I could really use it in dealing with agents or my agencies or whatever, that type thing. And, and then there's a certain Isn't it a very wealthy uh, religion, Scientology? Aren't you in excess oh. of $50 million in assets? Well, don't surely. you own buildings? And, uh, we have never been accused of being poor. Don't no. you have yachts? Doesn't Hubbard operate off a yacht? No. He did. Never. We, the church owned a converted cattle ferry, which by the time it got to the New York Times, it was a yacht. I spent two months on it, and it was not a pleasure cruise, I can assure you. There is a spiritual rigor. Was that it used for ferrying cattle? Originally. No, when Hubbard and your oh, no. leader. Uh, no, no. It was just a. It was converted from that cattle ferry. To what? To the, the retreat that we had at that time for which there were spiritual exercises and so on and so forth. It was nothing fancy. And even if it was, David, I think that's an important point. We are bringing about a tremendous positive change in people's attitudes towards living, their happiness, um, their, their integrity, their honesty as human beings. And um, I don't see why um, an individual shouldn't be comfortable with that, why they shouldn't be in exchange. A course that she took, well, let me myself. myself. The first course I took was a communications course that changed my life. It was $35. I would have paid $3,500 to have what I got out of that course. And I think it's the same for other Scientologists. Money is a very relative, relative thing. But let me say something about the subject of money, since it always comes up. We collect money in the airports and so on. The, the, the point is that, that money there's a Sanskrit word for money is Lakshmi, and Lakshmi means the goddess of fortune. And the goddess of fortune is the wife of God, of Vishnu. So that money actually belongs to God. So that the idea is, is that we don't reject the material world or its wealth, because it's, it's God's. We, not, but neither do I take it and, and use it for myself, because then I'm a thief. I'm taking what belongs to somebody else. So we take what belongs to God, and we use it in God's service. And that, that's the point. So you can't say that because uh, someone is, is rich or is poor that he's not spiritual. If you're poor, then you use what money you have in the service of God. If you're rich, you use what money you have in the service of God. In either case, it's the same, rich or poor. But if I take what, if I have a lot of money and I use it for my own selfish purposes as a thief, then I'm in trouble because thieves get punished, and that's the law of God. And I think also we're trying to develop people to start thinking for themselves as individuals, not as, as robots. And he brought up a, a good point before about brainwashing. Um, Scientology's basic technology is based upon the idea that man is walking around in a state of semi-consciousness, and in some cases almost unconscious, that they're not aware of what's happening in their surroundings, that they are reacting to life instead of co-acting with it. Um, and these are all forms of, of sort of hypnosis. And uh, what we're involved in is returning to that individual, his self-determinism, his understanding, his awareness of what's happening in his surroundings, and helping him to be co more causative over his life, and therefore happier and, and more ethical and more honest and, and so on. You, had, is, you had some people on your program. And, and this is being done at a preset schedule of fees, correct? I mean, a lot of millions are changing hands here. Well, the, if her course in communications and your over the world, tremendous expansion of Scientology, and therefore no doubt monies. Yes. How many American question. members? Scientology. Well, in 1976, there was about 3.2 million. That is the general membership. Active membership is about 500,000 people who've been involved in the courses to some greater or lesser extent. 
Can we come right back to this point? After this part. A lot of people are worried, troubled by your activities. Uh, they represent a threat, they think, to the established order. They represent to parents uh, falling away by their children from the relationship. A lot of the children and parents no longer have the traditional relationships they had. Well, of course, I don't have that problem. No, my you parents. don't. Neither do a I. Lot. Neither do I. <laughs> no, neither do I. But I did before Scientology. Right. It's completely estranged from my parents prior to Scientology. And the multitude of Scientologists some already have good relationships they become better um, we stress a family uh, situation very much because it is family and and there is a tremendous affinity as there should be but in what happens somehow um, what is pressed upon us by by people for reasons best known to themselves um, are these various charges of alienation and so on and so forth which are quite the opposite my uh, statement to parents and people who are interested is to come and see for yourself. Visit a Krishna center. Visit a Scientology center. Meet with these people. Speak to them. Not the disparaged and the, and the people filled with hate who say, I was a member and they did this to me and they did that to me and so on and so forth. Go down there and speak with, the, with, with not only the staff, but the people who come daily or once a month or what have you. Exactly. And we make have your cases. own mind up. We have instances now of people writing books who have never visited our temple, and they purport to be experts on the cults and different for forms of faith group. Have but they your have parents not. visited your temple? Yes. Mine have. And been. I visit my parents regularly, almost every month. Are they pleased and adjusted to your new Very much so. They appreciate what I'm doing within Krishna consciousness, which is managing our food distribution centers in Africa and Asia. They feel that that's just as laudable a welfare project as any other established religion. But more than that, they can see a personal change in my life, that I'm more compassionate, that I'm less self-centered. That exact thing happened to me. My parents are from South Dakota, and I was in Scientology about four months before they had a chance to visit me, at which time they saw an incredible change in me, first of all. They visited the center, and they saw all of these really happy people that were, you know, like open and talking, and they saw that it wasn't any big thing that they maybe thought it was, that it was actually a very useful tool and they definitely changed their mind about it after visiting. Um, is there any statement you want to make? Uh, uh, this is by way of equal time to a program we did with uh, former members of Harry yeah, let me let me, say, let me say one thing. Uh, you had uh, the, these people on who wrote a book called Snapping and in that book there's a really intriguing statement that, uh, that expresses the philosophy behind a lot of this whole deprogramming movement. They said, there, we have discovered that contrary to popular opinion, there is nothing human inside a human being. There is only chemistry, biology, and machinery. Here are people that are saying that we're turning people into robots, whose philosophy is that you already are a robot. And there's something really wrong, and that, that whole movement is permeated by this philosophy that is totally materialistic, and if you carry it out all the way, completely nihilistic. And I think that's the real threat. The Krishna consciousness movement is preaching a spiritual philosophy 
that the human being is something more than just dead matter and dead machinery, and that's our real value. And if we can put this proposition across the American people, that you are something more than just your body, you're a spirit soul, you're part in God, then I think we really will have accomplished something, and that's what we're trying to do. Are you making progress? Are you making progress? Oh, yes, we're making a great deal of progress. I think our, our movement is, is growing very steadily and very nicely, and nothing, we have not been adversely affected. There's been all this propaganda campaign, there have been deprogrammings, but our book distribution keeps increasing every year, and people keep coming and joining. So on the grassroots level, where we're effective, everything is going on pretty nicely. And we're expanding two to three times as fast as we did when our spiritual master was initially alive. When he came to this country, now we're expanding even more readily. 30 seconds. All right. I would say the same thing, especially since that it is not what appears in the press. It is mainly, is the activities, are they, is the technology workable? Is the application of the philosophy bring about the result? And that is the only reason that we expand, and I think Krishna's and many other groups, that what people are seeking, they are receiving. And we will grow and expand to the degree that we do that, regardless of what is said, lies, vilification, or anything else. I hope you think that you've had an equal opportunity to say your piece. And uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. We'll be back. Thank you. Hare Krishna. David.